Hey everyone, welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for faith and life. Today is episode 51 of the podcast, and I get the opportunity to sit down with husband, father, NFL player, and entrepreneur, Andrew East. Oh man, this was such a good conversation. Andrew is vulnerable, honest, and shares his journey from college student to a global content creator. It is so good. We cover everything in this conversation from his dating phases with his wife, Sean Johnson, uh, and to uh, how to handle anxiety and everything in between. It was such a gift to me. I hope it's a gift to you as well. And if, uh, if you enjoyed this conversation, please do me a favor, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, leave a comment where you can, and give us a review. It uh, does help people find the podcast and continues to let God do amazing things through this platform. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Andrew East. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm here today with Andrew East, a longtime NFL player, uh, NBA graduate from Vanderbilt, married to Sean Johnson, pretty much an amazing guy all the way around. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? I'm good. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's absolutely my pleasure. So um, I'm going to jump right in. I love on your Instagram the description of your Instagram page says fan page for Sean Johnson. Um, tell me about your uh, relationship with her and how you guys met and how, how, um, how did you get to that disposition? <laughs> Cause I know a lot of husbands oh, wouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, trust me. It's uh, it ebbs and flows if you will, but I am so lucky to uh, call Sean, my wife, um, we met, gosh, I, we're coming up on our four year wedding anniversary. Hey, I guess we met six years. Yeah. Appreciate that. It's in a couple of weeks. Um, but I truly am every day just more and more impressed by her. Uh, she is wildly frustrating as wives can be every now and then, but, um, amen. all in all she has, she, <laughs> you say, amen. uh, she has, she has helped me grow into, uh, more of the man that I feel like I was called to be. And there's not a day that goes by that I don't learn something new about her that doesn't impress me, you know? All right. So how'd, how'd you guys meet? I'm a sucker for a good love story. <laughs> uh, we met uh, in 2012, the London Olympics were going on. And my brother is an Olympic cyclist, was an Olympic cyclist. So they were at some event together. I was uh, in training camp at Vanderbilt playing football. And she was sharing how she was looking at a couple of different schools. She wanted to check out Stanford. She wanted to check out Vanderbilt. And my brother was like, Hey, well, my brother, my brother plays football down at Vandy. If you ever want to tour, I'll just give you his, uh, his name and number. So I caught wind of this. I created a Twitter account just so I could tweet at her and say, Hey, <laughs> you know, I'll take you up on that tour whenever you want it to happen. Um, and then we had a couple phone calls we met up in LA for like the first date. It didn't go well. Now, uh, now geez. listen, I've, I've listened to your podcast. I know how that text message, that, that was a, a drunken text message from her, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. so, so for those of you that don't know, details, right. right. Yeah, no, I, we got to be honest here, right? Like, so for those of you who don't know, Andrew and Sean do a podcast called Couple Things. I strongly recommend it. It's amazing. And in their very first even it's like a teaser episode really on their YouTube page. They, uh, they talk about this text message, but not really in detail. So yeah. like what, give me the, what happened? How did you have the All courage right, so, to jump on a plane? 
So here's here's the background of the text message. Uh, Sean had just broken up with a boyfriend. Right. And it was my birthday. So I'm going to bed the evening of my birthday. And the last text I get is from Sean. So we had like one phone call. Uh, we had like this Twitter exchange. But then she sends me this happy birthday text. Or no, she, it wasn't a happy birthday text. All she said was, you want to come out to LA? Question mark. And I was like, wow, that's a great birthday present. I can't believe she remembered or knew that my birth, like, I don't know how she knew my birthday was, was today. So anyway, next day I'm sitting in class and, you know, I'm like, you know, when you talk to, to a girl the first time, you're excited and, and giddy. Um, I was just thinking about it, couldn't get my mind off it. And I, uh, I texted my dad. I was like, hey, Sean invited me to L.A. What should I do? He was like, I just bought you a plane ticket. You leave in an hour and a half. So I literally come on, Dad. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) I left class in the middle of class, grabbed my backpack and the fanciest clothes I had, which were like some North Face hiking shorts and like a polo. And then I jumped on a plane and we went out there. uh, And it turns out, long story short, that uh, she didn't know it was my birthday and she was drunk. And uh, so yeah, it's a it's a pretty funny story that. Sometimes we we go into the details. Sometimes we don't. listen. I, I think it's great because you know we've all been there, right? Like the, I, I'm, to, <laughs> to say that you have faith or anything else, and you don't have a story around that um, that involves some moments that were not exactly as you would draw them up in retrospect, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I, I just think that's important. So you so you guys uh, eventually you begin this courtship, and then. Um, well, she would tell you that she regrets sending that text message to this day because that's, that's kind of what, cha- what started the whole chain reaction. I'm kidding, of course. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we started in LA and then she stood me up for nine months because she just wasn't interested at the first date. And then uh, that next summer in 2013, we kind of uh, rekindled the spark, if you will. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And then how, how did you know that um, it was it was time to ask this woman to marry you. Like what, what was the, what was it from God? Was it through faith or was it just like, yep, right away? How, how did all that come to be? Wow. I think a lot of it was just where I was in uh, my maturation process. I think I had probably two or three previous serious relationships before that. Um, one that was, with a girl that was fantastic, but we didn't share the same faith. And so that ended uh, the relationship. And then the second was like this awesome woman who like had, you know, she, all she wanted to do in life was be a missionary and, and um, go to a, you know, go to a third world country and, and help the people there. And I love that. I respect that. Um, but I think part of me, and I think a lot of people do this in the dating process, part of me was, was adopting that as the vision that I had for my life. Mm. Um, and while, while like serving those in need in third world countries is like such a noble mission. Um, I just didn't feel like that was what my calling was. So we ended that relationship. And so when I walked into the relationship with Sean, I had this m- new mentality of, um, I'm, I'm really trying to find a spouse here. And so, you know, if we don't share the same values, I'm not going to consider this. Um, and it, you know, it takes a couple of dates to kind of iron that out. And then I also went into it with this mentality of, I'm going to, I'm going to be the man that I am like fully transparent. And so like literally from day one, we, we had this rule in our relationship that we're just going to be fully transparent and we're not going to like 
try to please the other person or impress mm. the other person or like, or like kind of be a chameleon to what the, what the other person's life vision was. And so I think just ha being in that place where I realized how important that honesty was, um, is kind of what started us off on a good foot. And then when I was, uh, considering proposing to her, I was speaking to a mentor of mine and, um, he said that the only things that matter when you're considering a spouse are her heart for you and her heart for the Lord and everything mm -hmm. else is style. And so one unique thing about Sean and I's relationship is, you know, she was in the spotlight at starting from age 12. Sure. And so, um, that was not something that really I had ever envisioned me walking into and marrying a spouse that was, you know, a celebrity of whatever, uh, caliber or gauge. And my parents weren't necessarily, um, fully on board with that as well. Uh, I grew up in a like very conservative household. And so they kind of viewed like the Hollywood life is, as, um, not something to, to be sought after, which I, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that, but that doesn't sure. mean there's not, there's not, um, you know, great Redemption people in it. out right, there. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so anyway, considering those words of like, okay, what, are, what's Sean's heart? Like this, does she love me? Well, I'm pretty sure she does. And then what's her heart for the Lord. And, um, based off of how she lives her life, I was convinced by that. Um, I also read this book. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called just do something. I think the pastor is Nate or Neil something or other, I but read it. I'll he, check it out. Yeah, it's uh, he kind of it's written for an audience that had a similar upbringing as I did, where you know it's like kind of the the conservative Christian household, and a lot of times I feel like we get caught up in in this indecision of like, oh, I don't know if this is the right decision, I don't know if this decision will honor God, um, and so his whole stance is is look, God has given just like it's a whole body of Christ kind of uh, concept where God's made you to be a certain person with certain passions and, and certain interests and attracted to certain things. Um, so like he kind of affirmed those words of what my mentor said and said, if your friends get along with them and your family, sorry, if your friends like her, your family gets along with them and uh, she, she loves God, then that's, uh, that's someone worthy of being a spouse. And I know there's a lot of nuances that go into that, but at that point, I was like, okay, well, I love this chick, so let's do it. I'm all in, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, and I, I think there's good right. wisdom there, right? Because we don't ever want to make decisions in, in isolation or in, you know, so, so bouncing it off your mentor, bouncing it off your friend group, bouncing it off those people. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I, I you know, honestly, I think we hear God a lot in the people that we're surrounded with. You know, Preach, bro. I mean, that's even if they're not believers, right? Because God... God can and will use anybody to speak to us. So um, you guys get married and then your life changes a lot, right? Take us through some of that. Yeah. Let, you know, like you went through quite a bit with the football stuff and, and where you are now yeah. as an entrepreneur is so interesting to me. It's so cool looking back on things. And uh, even though at the time I was experiencing so much hardship and heartbreak and disappointment, I would never change a thing because it's, it's caused me to kind of redirect my life um, to where it is now. And I'm, I'm thankful. Um, not that there's not hardship now, but I think as you experience more disappointment, you understand that a lot of times that 
that disappointment isn't like the end of the road and there's always kind of something more if, if you keep trekking um, and keep trusting. So we got engaged in 2015 and that was a year I was coming out of business school, graduating, and I got picked up in free agency by the Kansas City Chiefs. And um, so, you know, I was like a blue star, a blue chip prospect is what they called me. And um, I was supposed to play for the Chiefs for 10 years. And that's kind of right. what I assumed would happen. Um, just because, hey, I, I long snap and this is a, a job that I could do for a long time. But I, for the first time in my life, dealt with this like overwhelming anxiety. Uh, yeah. Just I was I was so fixated and so focused on just I have to make this happen. This is like this is where I'm supposed to be, and and this is what I'm supposed to be doing in my life. That like the the over. I overthought it and it just psyched me out. And so I ended up getting cut because my performance was Ooh, terrible. Can I, can I ask a question about that? Is, is sure. Do you, do you still wrestle with anxiety now? Or I think, cause I, I think that there are a lot of guys out there who feel the pressure. And um, one of the things that I, I learned about myself is that, um, is that I, I, coping skills have become really important. So I, so I always like to ask the question, how, how do you, how did you learn to cope with your anxiety in the midst of all of that? And, what had that play out in your marriage? Yeah, gosh, I, I think I'm still learning, but I kind of mm -hmm. went through this process where I was like, I've always been the try hard guy. Like, you know, I was, I'm a decent athlete, but I was never the guy that was supposed to get a D1 scholarship. I was always the one that was like, I got to work hard. Right. I got to, I got to like be the technician and, and do hustle all everybody the in the room. Right. Exactly. And like right. do the, do the little things. Right. And so I went from, being super focused on the tiny little details and, and like just neurotic about it to when I got cut, there was like this three months of just, I, I literally laid on our couch at home. Sean was on this gymnastics tours, 2000 and uh, 2015. Yeah. Yeah. She was doing like a speaking circuit and, um, and I just moped. Like I just watched TV and I moped. And then I, I went through this phase where I, I was almost like in rebellion where I, I would go to these football tryouts and like not think about it at all. I wouldn't warm up. I would just like kind of half heart it because it was my response to, well, I've been overthinking it, but now let me just not think about it at all. And so it was this weird like denial that I went through. And now I just realize I think you get to this point where with football, I was able to view it in its proper importance you know like yeah. it's, it it was my top priority and so I, I i like overstressed everything um it i would have told you that like hey my priorities are faith family football you know the cliche but i think a lot of times i was using faith to try to support my football um in in an unhealthy way and so uh just i just realized that there's so much more to life and, and like, this is a fun thing that I get to do and just putting it in its proper place is, is what really helped me. Yeah. I think perspective. Yeah. I think, I think it's, yeah. so, it's just so critical, right? Like coping. I, I part of my story is I stopped drinking seven years ago uh, because I was doing a ministry that involved recovery stuff. And what I realized when I stopped drinking is that I had a, I had a, I didn't have a drinking problem. I had a coping problem. And so when I took away the way that I used to cope with drinking, it created a lot of anxiety and stress because I was always a take the hill, yeah. place the mission first kind of guy. So I, I, I think it resonates with a lot of guys um, because 
we feel that pressure trying to support our families and trying to be the spiritual leader of the household. And I don't even know what that means sometimes. Right. Like it's just, it's just crazy. So, so you guys, I really respect you uh, fighting that fight and and sharing that with people. I just think there's so much value in, in speaking to the community of people that are also going through what you're going through. So thank you for that. Well, you're welcome. One of the things that I'm learning about myself is uh, if anything in the dark will always have more power than in the light. And, and so just got to keep that keep if I, as long as I keep talking about it <laughs> one day at a time, man, one day at a time. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. It's funny. I, as far as like the anxiety and coping, I, I feel like I see this in some of my friends as they try to find spouses. And I see this in a lot of athletes and a lot of times, like, just like you said, it's perspective. We're like sometimes just so focused on like the short term vision of like, Oh, well I'm dealing with this problem. And, and we almost like put way too much emphasis on it and we just blow it up to be something. Whereas if you just take a step back and, and take the long view of, of what's going on, you realize like, I mean, I just went through it with the kid. It was like, I was so stressed out the first couple of months because I wasn't yeah. getting any sleep. And then you realize like, okay, this, this phase will end. Now, how, how um, old is your, how old is your young one? She's uh four and a half months. Four and a, I mean, yeah. that's still got that new yeah. car smell. <laughs> yeah. yeah she's got she's got some chunks on her she's, got some yeah. she's adorable dude, <laughs> dude I'm, I'm glad to have her around that's for sure but, but it's it's interesting this you know obviously we're recording this and we're living in a coronavirus world and people are quarantined and isolated and one of the things that my wife and i were talking about is man we want to leave this time period and be able to talk about it 20 years from now as a gift and not a restriction. Cause we have three kids. Yeah. The, the oldest is 14 and the youngest is uh, my princess. She's seven and a half. And um, so like it, they'll never remember what we did, but they'll always remember how it felt is kind of what I, what I've seen some pastors talk about that I respect. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm here for that. That's perspective is that feelings we remember and details will fade away. And I, I think that that's very true. Yeah. Wise words. H- how are you guys? Um, h- how did you guys navigate from football then to where you are now? Cause that feels very different to me. Yeah. Um, so after I got done with my little three month moping period, I uh, was talking to a friend who had j- recently started a YouTube channel and um, I was like, well, I think we could probably start a YouTube channel. We were planning a wedding and, um, I realized that my wife had these, she would, she, my wife would walk into a, a restaurant and there would be girls that just started crying. And like, she has just such loyal fan base and she's been able to just kind of build these relationships with people remotely. And mm-hmm. so we started the YouTube channel um had no idea what we were doing and then it kind of has morphed into five years later uh it being a a full-time thing for us and we do um we've learned so much and we've had so much fun and so we're doing consulting now do some do some teaching and uh i love it i i studied civil engineering in undergrad i never thought yeah that has nothing to do with this (laughs) nothing oh yeah it's like yeah I, and I still thought I'd be playing football, but here we are. Uh, you know, one of the things that 
that seems to be a theme to me as I look at, at your guys' relationship and, and what's worked for you is transparency. And, and there's, there's, a, a, there's a really honest edge to the way you guys do your, your couples things podcast and just the way you guys live your life. So one of the questions I have is how, how do you, um, how do you maintain, is there any practical tips on, on maintaining that level of transparency on a daily basis? Um, gosh, well, as far as social media goes, we, uh, we uh, try to be as discerning and thoughtful as possible. Like it's not, it's not easy. I, I don't even know if I, we take steps to try to make it healthy for us and like keep our family a priority, but who knows, you know, like who knows how it'll right. end up. Like, uh, uh, like no one's really experienced what we as humans are experiencing now with social media. Um, but that, that idea of transparency, like I said, from the get go of Sean and I's relationship was like the number one thing that we were focused on and, and our number one like rule um, and so I think we've, we've realized, as you were saying, that things in the dark uh, can, can have more power than, than when you bring them to light. And so uh, I, think, I think that's when our, our perspective on social media shifted was the first video we put out that was very transparent. It was about um, my, wife's, my wife and I's first pregnancy and, and in a miscarriage just a response that we got of, of people taking their darkness and bringing it into light and, and how um, refreshing that was to mm-hmm. not only us, but also to them, um, like really changed our perspective on it. So again, I think we tried to do that as much as possible while maintaining the, the core of our family mm-hmm. and not compromising, um, you know, what, what Sean and I and, and, and now our daughter, uh, have going on yeah it's so one of the one of the questions I, i'm was really excited to ask you about was how, how do you, has parents new parents especially um and, and obviously your guys's social media presence is is probably larger than most um but yet we all all parents have to deal with kind of this tension of like man how much do i put my kids out there you know and and at, as a pastor, I, I wrestle with this all the time because they are literally the best sermon examples ever. Yeah. And yet my kids don't always want to be sermon examples. Um, how, how do you guys deal with that tension or, or talk about it? And, and I'm, I'm sure there has to be occasions when you guys don't feel the same way about it. <laughs> so how, how do you deal with that tension oh, yeah. in your marriage? It's funny. I would say for every, um, 15 minutes of a video you see us uh, put out. There's probably a two hour conversation. There would uh, have surround- to be, there would have yeah. to be right. Like that's gotta yeah. be constant conversation. It is. And uh, more than conversation, probably argument um, beyond that, but we have tried to position. It's so tempting to like want to make a video about Drew and her first, this or first that uh, and not that we haven't or won't, um, people love watching that stuff and it's adorable and it's cute. Like people love right. watching it for a reason, but what Sean and I is kind of working agreement is, is the focus is not drew it's Sean and I's relationship and how we've been parenting drew. So the thought behind that is like, you know, when she grows up and, is 13 or 14 and 
um, doesn't want to be a part of it, then a certain, to a certain extent, I mean, it's Sean and I's job, right? right? So it's, it's not like there's this, this conflict of interest where we need Drew to be a part of it, no matter if she wants to or not. Um, we want to, we want to make sure there's like the safety valve of like, Hey, you know, if she's not a part of the content, then, then we're still okay. And we could, we still have like this, this message that's talking about how Sean and I have been navigating our marriage through it. So I don't know if that was a, a clear answer or not, but um, that's kind of our thought behind it. I think it's a transparent answer, right? Like uh, that's the deal. You live in the tension of it. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, the tensions, I, it's, it's probably true for a lot of us that our, our jobs often impacts the way that we parent. And that's true if you're right. an entrepreneur like yourself or a pastor or a banker, you know, and you've got to bring clients over, right? Like it's, it's all part of the equation. Um, I, you know, keeping faith in it. And, you know, I've, checked out your website and you've come from a family background of faith. And um, it's clear that, that that's, and you, you kind of already said it, a big part of who you are. H- how are you now kind of um, implementing faith into your family? I mean, you're a new dad. How does all that, how's all that taught you? What has all that taught you about God? Oh my gosh. I <laughs> that's a big question. <laughs> marriage is like the most humbling uh self-improvement tool or like mm. uh sanctification tool there is. It's like it just exposes all your flaws. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Whether you want it to it's or not. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's uh it's crazy. Just like I I guess the best way to put it is you know, every day you wake up and there's the same problem that you experience over and over again. Like, uh, your wife says that you didn't do the dishes and you said you would, and you just kind of go through this progression of how you react to that. And, um, it's just cool to, to see how I have personally grown and, and, um, matured through that. But I think as far as incorporating faith into my family, um, we just, we try to like not force two un like meshable things together. We just yeah. gotta like inter interweave them, I guess. And um I think like when it comes to Drew and our daughter, like bedtime now is is the most precious time of the day. We get it's kind of like an hour long process of bathing her and then feeding her. And while she's feeding, we we read the Jesus storybook Bible and uh oh, that's great it's like, uh, we, we pray over her and we kind of pray over her and then what's going on in the world. And, um, I think for, for Sean and I, that's been a really kind of cool evolution of what we were doing, which is, uh, essentially just like a couple's devotional and, and praying together. Uh, I, I just feel like prayer and prayer is so valuable for so many reasons, but it's like, when you're talking about marriage and family, I just think it provides that it gives you a reason to be Mm. reflective and to be, um, to be kind of future focused as like, Hey, because kind of the way we pray is like debrief everything that happened in the day. And so you're kind of thinking about, Oh, this was great. And as a couple, it's so valuable just to maneuver that. And then you're also like, Hey, this is where we've been. And then we kind of shift to where we want to go and like what, what do we want to see happen? Like, Oh, there's so much craziness going on in the world right now. And so that's kind of how we've inter- interwoven it. It was cool. So timely 
um, in the Jesus Storybook Bible, like last week when everything was just up in the air and chaotic pandemonium, um, there was the story about Jesus sharing how the the flowers are clothes and clothed and the and the the birds have enough to eat and like how much more will the father take care of you and i was like i was reading this child version of the story and i i literally went through this series of emotions with the whole coronavirus of like panic and like right. i wanted to do the hoarding thing because that's kind of like the first i feel like human impulse um and just to like oh i gotta watch out for me like me i'm me 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 i'm the number one priority right and me and my family um and then just reading that story and be like hey we don't know why bad things happen all the time, but uh, we know that we can trust God through it all. And uh, I think, I think that's kind of just been the, the, the motto and theme that, that we've tried to have in our whole life. So I, you know, I think that that's, um, I, it's a testament to what you guys have been doing. It, it makes a lot of sense in the sense that you guys just kind of continue to live your faith in in there, what would you say if somebody were to say, what, what kind of ministry are you in now? Um, cause it, it feels a little bit like what you're doing, um, with the YouTube channels. It's not overtly Christian, but it's also very Christian. I, how, how do you, how do you live in that tension as well as kind of bringing your, your faith to, to work with you? Yeah, I think, I think when people ask us what, what our channel's about, we try to just say we, we share, the ups and downs of our life, but always with a hopeful perspective. Um, and so there, again, there's a lot of conversations that we have of like, um, Hey, like, sh can we share that we're praying about this and like share our, our, our devotional routine. And like, there's this kind of trade off of, there's always attention. Right. And it's, it's hard to find the balance. I don't know if we do it right, but uh, we're, we're doing our best. Well, it's especially hard because Christians are dumb and mean sometimes. Um, <laughs> and, and so the moment you say one thing, it leads to, tw I mean, like it just, it just can be problematic. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so, so, so you guys have been doing this married four years, you said coming, yeah, coming up, up on four, four years? years. Yeah. Um, what, what does the next five look like for you guys in terms of like, and, and how do you discern, um, how do you discern your call and all that? Your, your, you know, is this, um, cause it, it feels like there might be a little bit of a shift in what you're doing in terms of coaching and how that looks in addition to content creation. How, how did you guys get to that place? Yeah. Um, I think as far as what the next five years look like, Sean and I always, we're big on like goal setting. We're big on vision boarding. Um, but we always do it with the full expectation that it's not going to look anything like we're planning out. Um, I just think just kind of like I was talking about with prayer, like there's so much value in being reflective and, and thinking about, um, thinking about where you might want to go, mm -hmm. uh, just kind of, just kind of helps you, uh, prepare for, it kind of helps you like know, know what the rough path is and so i sean and i really just kind of take things month by month i would say as far yeah. as what we're doing um and it, it's ever changing i mean we, we the podcast you mentioned we launched uh 
kind of in, I guess, December, like three or four months ago. And it went from like being a side thought to, oh my gosh, wait, we actually love this and it's so important. And um, it gives us that, that release valve of like not having to have drew in the content. Um, so like that's kind of become our, our top priority. So we're talking about doing live tours and live shows and yeah, I, who knows where it'll go next. Well, so, so I first got introduced to you and Sean through Annie Downs' podcast. Yeah. And in 2019, um, when she was doing her February of 2019, so just over a year ago, um, and you said on the podcast, and I, I wrote it down as I was kind of re-listening and prepping for our conversation today, that- uh, I'm nervous. Well, it was a million people. Do you remember that? You said you wanted no, to- Oh, that's right. You, you said, and so you talked about the tour at that point. Um, I, I, I love that vision. I, I guess the question that I have is, what, has that always been a consistent thought for you or does God just keep bringing you back to it? No, um, I was challenged by, again, a mentor of mine to like say, yeah, where, where do you want to be in 10 years? And so I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about the, the things that Sean and I have done that we enjoy the most that also resonates well with people. And a lot of that is the relationship type, uh, content. And so, uh, I said, Hey, well, why don't we just, do, what, what if we were able to speak to a million couples and like impact yeah. their perspective, inject hope into like, whether you're dating or married, um, what if we were able to do that? And so I, I, we're taking one step at a time. Again, we've never done a live tour together, but we kind of just take the next step. And so we're, we're talking about doing, you know, seven shows with smaller venues um, in the summer, whenever everything blows, blows over and we can actually do live events. But um, a million felt like a good number. I, lo I love it. I, I, <laughs> if you're going to call your shot, go big or go home. <laughs> yeah. No one's calling a shot for a single. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's a home run. I, All right. Um, Right. How do you manage working with your spouse? Because um, I love my wife. We're high school sweethearts, 17 years married. And um, that scares me, working with my spouse. Yeah, it is, it's scary, dude. It's scary. I just got to make sure she's not listening. Um, no, it's it's fun. Like, yeah, it's frustrating. And we spend pretty much every second of the day together. Um, and I'm like a, I'm, I'm kind of like an introvert, like independent. I want, I want like four hours to myself every day to read and to like, you know, do my own thing. Um, but it's fun as I've again, stepped back and taken the, the different perspective, the longer term perspective on, on what the past five years have been. We're an amazing team. Yeah. Um, but like there's no team that goes without conflict uh so i think i think just shaping the perspective of oh my gosh we argue so much and, and it stinks that we we have to work together and, and go through these disagreements as, as a married couple and working couple take a different perspective of like hey honestly we're a great team and we've we've built something really cool here and and just focusing on like the the good rather than the bad i think is key and you guys um you guys obviously can't do this on your own. You have some people, your team around you. Um, yeah. how, do, how does your, how would your team say that it is working for a married couple? 
I'm, <laughs> I'm curious, right? Like, I, I, obviously, this is pure speculation because they're not here. But yeah. um, I, do you ever do you ever see? I only know Lexi because she was uh, obviously super helpful in getting all this yeah. arranged. But do you ever see her or your team just like start backing out of the room slowly? Yeah, that's actually exactly what Lexi does. She'll kind of just like we'll be having a conversation, and Sean and I kind of get into it a little bit and she'll just kind of tuck her head and not act like she's not in the room. Um, I, I just think like, fortunately everyone on our team is flexible and like understanding. And so I think like, you know, when there's a day where we're supposed to film a video or do some type of content and it's just not the day for Sean and I, just got to be flexible and work around that. So yeah, we, we have a fantastic team. You mentioned Lexi, Will is amazing. Dave and, uh, we're fortunate to be surrounded by a lot of good people. That's, it's so incredible. And, uh, you know, I, I really do appreciate the content that you guys are putting out. If, if you were going to, um, if you and Sean were going to mentor a young married couple that's maybe dating, getting ready to get married, what, what, what would you tell them the number one thing to do as they prepare for marriage? Oh, wow. Uh, let's see. I would say, realize that um, I'm a big fan of Tim Keller's meaning of marriage book. Mm. And I just think, I just think that the way he communicates the importance of like marriage is, is like the, it's the coolest thing. Like there's, there's nothing else like it. There's no other relationship like it. You have like the legal contract, which makes it a pain to end the relationship. And you have like the spiritual covenant. Um, and then you have like the friendship as a part of it. Um, I would just say like, just remember that. Remember that there's going to be hard times, yeah. but like that's almost part of the point of it, you know, like that's where the value comes through. Cause as we were talking, um, as we were talking about it, it's, it's the opportunity to kind of recognize what your flaws were and like improve those. And so like th that only comes through the hard times, I think like the frustrations and the annoying things. So I would say just keep that in mind. And then I would say tangible advice, get premarital, premarital counseling. I think that was one of the biggest things that Sean and I did that was such a big value add. And um, yeah, it's great. No, I love that. I love that. Uh, and, and thank you so much for taking the time today to be here and to dialogue with me. Uh, I know that my listeners are going to want to find you. You're really accessible all over the internet. Where's the best place for them to start to learn about you and Sean and your family and, and the work that you guys are doing to put good content out into the world? Uh, yeah, you could probably start with my Instagram. And then if you enjoy that, the short form content, you can check out the longer form. But uh, pretty much everything is Andrew D. East. Our YouTube channel is the East Fam, and uh, if you want to check out the the Couple Things podcast, uh, that'd be much appreciated as well. Yeah, uh, so your Instagram is what um, is what hooked me, uh, and it, it's I just from one guy to another. I just appreciate the uh, the way that you approach <laughs> your marriage with honesty, and just it's just good. It's good. So, uh, okay, the last question I always love to ask people. Um, it's a, it's another advice question. So be ready. If All you right. could go back in time and for you, I, I want to take you back to, um, the night that Sean texted you, um, okay. for, on your birthday, if you could go back to that moment, 
and give yourself one piece of advice, one piece of advice, knowing everything that you know now, what would it be? If I could go back to the, to when Sean and I's relationship first started, um, I think that as a, as a man, personally, I, I was in like this, this weird tension of like, I knew who Sean was. I know she was a big deal and she was famous. And I think part of me was uh, enticed by that mm. uh, as much as I didn't want to be. Um, I think every situation is, is, is unique in, in its own right. But a lot of times we're enticed by certain things that, aren't good things whether that's looks or fame or money or career like whatever it is i would just say remember that behind whatever that is that that your uh your lesser self if you will your flesh whatever you want to call it the the weaker part of you is enticed by remember that that the woman is is like the most important thing that you should be focused on. So like, how, how could I have better cared for Sean um, and, and supported her better? I think focusing on that and who she was as a, as a woman, as opposed to like all the fun, exciting things, like, you know, the, the peripherals, if you will. Uh, Yeah. I don't know, man. I never thought, never thought about that. That's good. That's good. I I appreciate (laughs) that. I really appreciate the vulnerability in it all. Um, And yeah, And I I really do appreciate the time today and just the conversations. I told you guys that was so good. I love just Andrew's heart and his vulnerability and the way that he shares so much of himself um, and so openly. And uh, really, if you haven't subscribed to his podcast with his wife, Sean, a couple things I strongly recommend it. It's good for any married couple or anybody who's thinking about getting married. So he's also a good follow on Instagram, and they've got uh, a very cute baby that is just, you know, good and uplifting in times when otherwise can feel a little restrictive. So uh, again, thank you for spending the time with me today. I hope you got as much out of it as I did. Leave a rating, review, subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts, and uh, can't wait to see you guys next week.